should we do non global pandemic related stuff first? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like a, because a I feel oh. like probably everyone's Hello. just like, I cannot hear the word Corona ever again. We can end with it. At least that way they won't tune out. I don't know how to get this to refocus. I'm just a blurry man now. <laughs> <laughs> what is the stuff that you want to talk about first what happened in deck this week because everything <laughs> about corona yeah uh, let's should we just do the show intro and then i can hit you with i have two i have two things that are non-related i have surface spray x and then we can talk about it, uh, the rest at the end yeah and, yeah and then we just have to talk about like vpn services zoom zoom's data policies facebook uh, all the tech companies employees stuff like i have mm-hmm. a lot of, yeah buying at zoom stocks for the wrong company no nobody buys fucking stocks the stock market just got bailed out with our money i know but like at some point <laughs> at some point people were like oh we should invest in zoom because they must be doing great <coughs> Google shares is the same. at zoom stocks which is not it's a different company yes <laughs> Oh no, that's amazing. So dumb. <laughs> no, they deserve it. <laughs> Probably. Oh. True. If you don't look at what you're buying. Anyway, let's start. I love that you coughed into the mic, Freddie, so that we have that a little audio clip. This is like <laughs> historical. <laughs> Yo, you know you know how uncomfortable it is to cough in, in public right now. Like I yeah. have a cough right now and I can't fucking have, it's just a fucking normal cough and it's just I, I just, I'm just keeping it in. <laughs> so, so in the Netherlands, it's it's a different culture than where I grew up, right? There's nothing right or wrong about it. It's just different. And it's very, very common for people, especially like tall white men, to clear their throat, yeah. sit on the sidewalk, like lots of things that yeah. I would find kind of disgusting to do in public. And so this like people not wanting to sound sick in public has actually been great because there's less people just uh, spitting uh, everywhere you're actually not wrong it's very like that in canada too like it grosses me out i see it all the time and now people are terrified of making any noise anybody oh, noise is like oh my god get away fell demon yeah <laughs> but yeah so i i also like yeah it's weird and also everyone's teaching themselves to do this thing which is good yeah the dab popular elbow yeah yeah i love these like basic things that should have been taught at very young ages I know. Are finally getting taught to adults. Like men are finally washing their hands. I'm just okay. More people just wash their hands. One other thing is why is everyone stocking up on toilet paper? If you have to be home, you can just wash your asshole, right? Like, what's wrong with washing your asshole for once? I read. I was reading about it yesterday. It's like uh, uh, panic begets panic, right? Like, yeah. Actually, so do you know that about the Japan thing in the 80s where there was a shortage of toilet paper in Japan and it caused a global run on toilet paper just because a newspaper published a story about a shortage in Japan? And like it was like six weeks of, and it's the same. I think it's because people are posting photos of empty aisles on Twitter. People go and buy toilet paper. It's the dumbest shit. It, yeah. Freddie, to your point though, like it's really funny how it's a non essential. Like, if you are home, you can wash your ass without toilet paper. Yeah, yeah like you're, you're good. You got towels. Like, just like, come on. If you like, countries have bidets. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just have a little fucking bottle next to your toilet. Like, what deal? <laughs> what's the fucking deal? Like, everyone yeah. in India does it that way. Like, they 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 don't they're not freaking out about fucking toilet paper. 
it's because I think people feel a lack of control and they're projecting through toilet paper. (laughs) I mean, if you're really so worried, buy water, if anything. But even then, it's like, what's going to happen to the water? Like At the local supermarket, there were people stocking. There was a shortage of bottled water. I'm like, yo, water supply is going to be fine. We live near a giant-ass fucking lake. (laughs) Like. No, the thing, the thing that is gone at the stores that is makes sense is there's no more antibacterial soap at any of the stores. Mm, yeah, same here. And you're like, right. okay, that makes sense. That's like people buying the right thing because they're like, yeah. you got to wash your hands with antibacterial soap. Like, that's Me, good. Just wash your hands. Okay. All let's right, go. let's do this. <laughs> what? I'm just laughing because it was like, let's do this. Serious faces on. <laughs> I was thinking of the show number. Episode oh. number. Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 132. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Grosser, and joining me today are... Frederica Motti. Oh, I'm Williams. And this Hello. is a show about tech and how it's shaping the world around us. I always, there's always something. Yeah, afterwards, it's great. I think it just shows that every time it's a it's a freshly artisanal crafted intro. <laughs> oh, well, you're Straight such off bad. the press. Straight off the press. Okay, let's do non covid19 related stuff yeah. don't tune out we're actually going to not talk about it <laughs> well, right. I mean, yes. <laughs> so, you all remember cloudflare cloudflare had i, I recall them. <laughs> cloudflare had this stance for a long time of not deplatforming uh hate sites hate organizations right they're like hey, it's none of our business we're an internet utility regulators should deal with this mm-hmm. and whether you agree with that or not, I think if you've listened to the show before, you know where we stand. They eventually, due to public pressure, started getting rid of some of these hate sites. Great. Cool. You don't get like... <laughs> cool, good. You don't get an award for doing the right thing a year late. But like, okay, finally started happening. Well, it turns out Stripe has also been doing this. They mm-hmm. run the payments on a lot of uh, Nazi related websites still um and i just think it's one of those things that like uh we need to be louder about and pressure them because yeah. i think we could get them to do the same thing but yeah i don't know there's uh there's a site called vdare which is like I, I guess one of them there's a site called uh well you know what? i don't need to list off all the nazis yeah you don't need to name the nazis there's a ton <laughs> there's this thread that i will link uh yeah but there's a bunch and they have Stripe in various forms. Even some of them go out of their way to disguise that they're using Stripe. It's interesting because it's like these companies usually defend a bit by being like, we don't want to be opinionated about who can use our platforms. And it's like a very, it's similar. I see a lot of it overlapping with the debate that you see in open source, which is like, anybody should be able to use the thing. Like, it's the point, blah, blah, blah. We shouldn't, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just you can have a flaw while saying everybody uses it. Like the flaw can be no Nazis and everybody else can use it. <laughs> like it's, and and like, instead it's not, it's open for everyone because sex workers can use it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They taking a stance on some things. Exactly. Yeah. And well, and how can you take a stance on, on that, but not on but not Nazis. Nazis, I guess like, the sex worker thing is deeply embedded and so is nazism as well but i guess in a very different light also because nazis are mainly men 
white men with a mm-hmm. lot of privilege mm-hmm. and sex workers are mainly white or brown or like i guess a lot of people of color too and also women mainly and also trans people mm-hmm. yeah uh, which are like not that powerful in our so it's uh, it's not that weird it doesn't surprise me but it it, I, I think it's super stupid that they are like, oh no, we don't we don't have a stance on something like Nazism, but are fine with like blocking out, yeah, sex workers. It's just well, lazy. And- it's like not building a moderation from the start. Is it's a clear yeah. evidence of that. Well, and all these platforms say that like, oh well, free speech. Well, you know what? You're not a public utility. Right. You are a for-profit company, so you. Well, can if they want to, if they want to be regulated like a public utility, they can be. Like, yeah, let's, let's do, do, it. do that then. Do it. <laughs> but like, yeah, like Facebook is like, well, we don't want to censor because like free speech. Well, no, you're a private company. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Also, it, free speech doesn't protect people from consequences of their speech. Exactly. I mean, fine, free speech. But if someone says something incriminating, it's still going to be incriminating. Like, yeah. you're free to say it, but, like, I mean, free to say it doesn't mean that you can just free say anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could say some Nazi shit, and then you lose your Twitter account. That's exactly. that's a consequence to your action, and there's nothing about that that is against the law in any country. So, exactly. yeah, I don't know. Stripe, I think if we all collectively once the world is not on fire as much could just put some pressure on Stripe for like a fucking day. Yeah. I think we could, especially cause there are so many large influential companies that use Stripe. I think if a couple of them, if like the Webflow CEO on Twitter was like, this is unacceptable Stripe. We use you. I don't know if they do, but like, let's probably example, let's say that they do. They could definitely like, or like, I think Notion uses Stripe for payments. What, um, what was the thing that tipped Cloudflare over the edge about actually doing something? And then I remember there was like something that they, because they started remember. doing something. It was, I think it was, I think it was a whole week of it trending and like, the, yeah, the, I think you're right. Like, like they finally, it was just enough annoying voices <laughs> telling them to like get this well, shit together i imagine i imagine there was a lot of uh talk about it inside the company as well yes yeah that's that's usually seems to be the case but it's just like it needs to go on for long enough that the whoever's in charge relents i think <laughs> or like changes their position because i get it like as a ceo you probably like have eight million different things but like it needs to be loud enough to get your attention and you're right i think it's interesting because the Stripe CEOs have somehow avoided a lot of criticism because they're like very broy in the community and like whatever. And it's like, I think it's time to do a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also like young white male founders in Silicon Valley, so yes. they they get a lot of oh, well, they're learning and all that shit. <laughs> Failing up. Okay, uh, who is familiar with Sounder? What is there? Sounder.fm is a podcast tool. Their slogan is the smarter way to podcast. Okay. They're based in New York City. Okay. I've never heard of it. (laughs) I had not heard of it either, which is okay. They offer um, 
a lot of free solutions. So a, one platform to create, host, and distribute your podcast to listeners anywhere on any device. Mm -hmm. Just read their marketing copy. They offer automatic <laughs> transcription and all the other stuff that you get with like Anchor and other okay. platforms that we've heard of. They just raised a seed round. Wait, let me make sure. Hmm. Seed funding for $1.8 million. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think it's of note because it's more more growth in the podcast space. Like, mm -hmm. maybe I was wrong to think, like, Spotify throwing money around in this podcast. The podcast game, was that last year? Yes. And this year, they bought and The Ringer for, like, $500 million. They bought one podcast for a shit ton of money. So, yes. yeah, I, I think, like... <clears throat> We talked a lot about like the, the podcast wars heating up and the industry really getting a lot of funding and attention and Apple supposedly was going to double down on it. But right. Maybe it dubbed up this year if that doesn't get canceled. Um, we'll hear you know Apple doubles down on anything. It takes like five years to see, <laughs> see the results. I think I, I heard that they have a grand total of three people working on podcasts now. No their company. way. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though because like I've I've been I was listening to this podcast. It's a Dutch podcast about um, something completely different. But they were talking to someone who's working in the film industry, and she was like talking how right now is a really interesting time for film because there's so many platforms that offer like mm -hmm. budgets for films and movies and right. series and stuff like that. And she's like, it's really really interesting because more stuff gets made by people that usually didn't get the chance before. Yeah make stuff right and this makes me very excited because i would love to see something similar happen for podcasts but like the, the threshold to make a podcast is just way lower so like it, it has the potential to be even more diverse probably also the potential to be more shit because there's going to be more shit podcasts there out there as well but like yeah i think the the interesting thing there is that if there is more funding it is hard there is a cost to making a podcast still like we bought all these mics and like oh, of course all that stuff and i think that's interesting because like doing it on a level that's good enough is really difficult i would say it's like yeah. it's True, like i 100 percent agree with what anchor does where they're just like bang it out on their phones but like it's hard to listen to a podcast that's been recorded on a phone. <laughs> like, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm what I mean to say is like making a movie is obviously completely diff different. Oh yeah, and budget and everything. Oh yeah. But I'm Terrifying. sad to hear that Apple's not actually doubling down on this stuff then, because like they are kind of the grandfather of podcasts, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I realized only this week that the podcasting as a medium is so old that i used to yeah. download them and load them onto my ipod yeah, through exactly. itunes like it didn't yeah. have wi-fi <laughs> I, I remember them. thinking what is podcast it's probably something yeah. to do with you it was like this random menu item that was there and like whatever and that's the crazy thing is like apple has ushered the format through a bunch of shifts they've just done nothing meaningful with it like we should give them some credit, I think, for like making it into a thing and then just forgetting about it. <laughs> like <laughs> it's included on the iPhone; it's the, one of the lost apps almost. But um, it's interesting. I think competition is always the thing that wakes up companies like Apple. Like if Spotify continues to be as aggressive as it is and having so, as su much success as it is, it's easy for Apple to quickly justify actually doing something. Because um, they won't want to lose the medium completely. Right. They have power. Well, and don't forget, Apple controls like 
99% of podcast distribution. Like your podcast does not exist until recently if you weren't on iTunes. Now Spotify is slightly changing that because they have their own distribution mechanisms. But until recently, if you weren't on the iTunes, whatever that stupid thing is, iTunes Podcast Connect, like you didn't exist. <laughs> So I have this weird thing going on right now where, like, partly I listen to podcasts on YouTube. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. That or, reminds me of, like, video podcasts. Which yeah. Is These are all video podcasts that I, that I listen hmm. to. They also are on iTunes and everything, but I usually listen to them on um, YouTube. Interesting. Um, and then there is a subset of podcasts that I listen to only on Spotify, and then there is a subset of um, podcasts that I listen to via Castro, which is basically podcast app, but different. Um, but um, watching podcasts is actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder, I wonder if that's ever going to have a place somewhere because I remember video podcasts being a thing in Apple too. Do you remember that? Oh my god, video podcasts were my favorite format. Oh yeah, what was the, the, was the name for those? Revision 3 existed, and they were like, we're betting this is the future of TV, the future of radio. I remember that, yeah. They were like, the, and they were just kind of like ahead of the YouTube trend. Twit.tv was the same, oh, I think. What, what TV? Twit.tv or whatever it was. It was that. Yeah. I forgot yeah. whatever it this was. Yeah, in Tech. Yeah, the yeah. Leo Laporte right. stuff. Still going, <laughs> but. It's still going, and it's still, yeah, it fits very neatly in the, like, youtube channel that is a podcast but like yeah apple i feel like dropped the ball on it because it was this like burgeoning industry of creators that like were making video podcasts its own sort of genre of thing Mm -hmm. and they could have had what youtube has now honestly with all these creators yeah i think that's it i think like a lot of it was just because they didn't do anything with it for so long um like we'll see. I have a feeling that they are watching this. Like I think they know it's the going to be critical. The fact that podcasts even became big it almost sound, feels like a fucking fluke. Absolutely, it, it became big in spite of Apple. Yes, <laughs> that's how I think of it. It's like despite all the lack yeah. of investment and stuff, it still exactly. blew up. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Are we going to use this software that you were talking about, Zach? Or are you not interested um, in trying it out? So I'm in a place right now where, like, I really like the my tech stack for podcasting. I use Squadcast most of the time to record. I use Soundtrap most of the time to edit, sometimes grudgingly. And we use Anchor to distribute, do analytics, stuff like that. Right. But I really want transcription to just be included and sounder offers free transcription included oh Uh, interesting currently i use descript which is another podcast Mm -hmm. editing software but they don't have any web presence and i work on chrome os half the time oh yeah that weird desktop app yeah searching for like the thing that makes transcription well so this is what's fucked up about soundtrap is they stopped developing pretty much as soon as spotify bought it like the product hasn't evolved since then and it's too bad because it automatically generates transcriptions and you can edit the tr- you can edit the episode through the transcript so if someone says oh. like um you select the word um you right. hit the key and it deletes that part of the audio that's wild so you can edit the whole podcast that way 
And I've been using that a lot and it's cool, but there's no way to export the transcript that it generates. Oh, like it already generates it and it's already like channel A says this, channel B says this. Right. So you can be like, okay, channel A is Owen, channel B is Frederica, but there's no export. It's like rendered in, I don't know, JavaScript mm. or some shit. And you can't highlight the text and copy it out. You can't export a PDF even. Just I just want what's already on my screen without right. having obviously screenshot it because then it's not accessible. The whole point of a transcript is for somebody to have access to it. And mm. so it's just, yeah, it's frustrating that like Soundtrap, I, there's been no changes. Right. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's stalled out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it does feel like the web isn't a place to help here, and like uh, yeah. sound, stuff like Soundtrap is really interesting, but it is technically quite difficult. Like the the bar is quite high in terms of like people are still figuring out how to build those desktop class web experiences. Like Figma is a good example of a company getting it right, um, but it is really hard if you're doing stuff like sound editing because there are no examples in the industry yet um, of doing it well. It seems uh, like every every option is interesting, but lacks one thing that the other people are doing really well. It takes so you kind of want to go like <laughs> now kiss. <laughs> and especially, I think the other thing that um, usually unlocks something in that space is like a company like Adobe investing in a web based experience, which actually creates a lot of competition. Whereas like Adobe is not doing that, I would say right now publicly. Uh, you know, like they're built, investing in their ten year old desktop apps. <laughs> I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not say, so I'm going to skip. <laughs> but fair, don't count them out. Yeah, well, um, no. So what? Like, I will caveat the Adobe comment with like they are rebuilding a lot of their stuff in React. So like, I would watch that space, especially because they're realizing that like if they invest in React Native, they can build cross-platform apps that work on iPads. So I'm looking at Zach's face; he's not alluding to anything. <laughs> not a lot to. Um, what I would say is about the podcast software thing. Mm-hmm. is it's not super straightforward to just try a new one. Like when we yeah. migrated to Anchor from, I'm spacing, what was it called? Uh, Simplecast. Simplecast. That mm-hmm. that's, wasn't trivial. It took months. Yeah. I had to hire yeah. somebody to fix all the embeds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not trivial. So like if you're starting a, well, it's it's like the stickiness. Like that's why anchors ads are all about like start your new podcast with anchor. Cause once you're right. in, yeah, you're not, in your luck. Yeah. I can't yeah. just like, okay, well episode 60 was on anchor and episode 61. I'm going to post on sounder. The further it, in you are, the harder yeah. it is to migrate. And like none yeah. of them have tools for this. Cause they don't want you to migrate. Even though it's based think. on open source stuff. Well, it's like it took a, a while for Figma to be able to import sketch files because sketch yeah. files is a prior, proprietary format. And now you have a Figma file that's a proprietary format. Yeah. So it's like, the, yeah, why would these companies want you to? Precisely. Um, anyway. So on that note, based on web-based tools, let's talk about Surface Pro X because I'm really excited oh, about it. I thought you were going to talk about coronavirus. Oh, no, 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 we could go there next. I want to talk about the Pro X for a minute because I know it's been weeks since it came out, months even. Um, but I Oh, and what's, what's a Pro one. X? The Pro X. I always say X when I think of this. Same with the iPhone ten. It's like, I'm like, the iPhone X. <laughs> no, I, want, I just want you to explain what it is. Yeah, so the Surface Pro X is the... Um, so, like, 
they have the Surface Pro. It's the thing that's existed for years. They release a new one every other year. And it's like the Surface Pro 5, 6, 7, whatever. I think the latest is the 7. Is it like an ARM computer? Yes. So this X is, the pitch is it's like, I literally was just talking to Microsoft on the phone about this yesterday. So it's still in my head. But they were like, the pitch is that they told their designers, like, if you could redesign the device without the constraints of having to worry about, like, pleasing your existing users, what would you do? Like, what's the craziest version of what you would do? And, like, that is what it is. And they built their own processor and they redesigned the hardware from kind of, like, the ground up with the form factor still, like, in mind. Like, the because obviously they're onto something, but they were like, let's design it within those constraints. And it's batshit. Like, if you compare the two, it's like the screen is almost the edges. It's like, remember the transition from the iPad to the Pro, uh, one with the curved edges, this curved screen? It's like that. Like, if you have them curved next... screen? Uh, the, like iPad Pro has rounded edges on the screen now, the new one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like, if yeah. you see it, you're like, whoa. It's, it feels the same because the bezels are really small. Um, like the hardware itself is like polished black magnesium stuff. And like it's very light. There are no fans. There's no like grating for fans. Only USB-C ports. And then like you've got the pencil and the keyboard inside the keyboard, sorry, rather than um, on the side. And like all of that has been redesigned and it's like you pick it up and you're like this is what an ipad is like it feels in the same category because it's it's the same weight all of that kind of thing but it's got a trackpad (laughs) uh and it's an actual computer and um i'm surprised like i've only had it for about a week but i'm genuinely surprised um does it remind you of the ipad at all whatsoever oh yeah i i actually it makes me think of what i wish i could do with the ipad like i we've talked about this a lot. Like I always have tried to like move to the iPad as a full computer. And I wish I could, like I really genuinely have tried many times. Um, and I like, am, I'm like 80% of the way there. If I use it only for meetings and like notes and all that kind of stuff, but it, you feel like you're fighting it like almost all the time. You're like trying to make your workflow work, having to download some random app, the killer app on the pro X is it's full windows. I mean, it's, it's not, but with an actual real browser, and I think this is where I realized that like the iPad is what's holding you back. Uh, like in terms of like the software is made for a mobile device, whereas this is like desktop class software that is now ready for mobile. Honestly, um, I hate the browser on iPads. So it's, Safari is terrible. It's like, I'm, it's just like you're constantly underwhelmed by Safari, right? Like, and people are like, yeah, it's fine. And it does most things, but that's the problem is you can't trust it to do everything. And yeah. that's just, fine. Yeah. That's what I've learned from the ProX in the last week is if you start with the browser and work backwards, you actually have a better pitch right now. And that's like Zach and I were talking about this earlier that like the Chromebook is this exact thing. Now you can do everything on the web. Yeah. So with Chrome OS, it's like you've got the browser and then you've got Android apps. Yep. With the iPad, you've got iOS apps and and the browser <laughs> and the browser it's not a full desktop browser and that's yep. like where the surface pro x is sort of this mid space it's like okay you've got the browser cool. yeah it's a desktop class browser you have everything 100 you also have some desktop apps that yep. you can install on windows it's a little limited because of that processor the change, emulation thing we were talking about this when it first was announced and then I got to try it at Adobe Max of like, if you install Photoshop, it's going to be 2018 Photoshop, not yep. 2020 Photoshop. Because the 2020 Photoshop sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, all of these platforms that are not a full desktop computer with a desktop processor, you have to think about like, 
what are the things that I need to do my job? And that's why I've spent years like playing around with Chrome OS because it's like, okay, well, I used to use this desktop only thing. Now I've worked out an alternative that works for me. Yeah. So you live in the cloud to be flexible. You can't just, you can't just be like, I need 2020 Photoshop. So I'm never going to use this computer. You could be like, oh, well, what I was using Photoshop for actually Lightroom on the web works and does that. So it's like, yeah, but it's definitely like prevents us from being able to blanket statement. Like everybody should get the Pro X. So that's where I'm at is like, I genuinely, I I think I'm trying to write my take about this right now. So it's still a little half-baked, but I think Apple and Google should be really scared of this kind of device because... You know, it was easy before to mock Microsoft because, like, they tried this years ago. The Surface RT was the first time they tried this, like, literally eight years ago. Um, But, like, back then, nobody was living in the cloud. It was way too soon. And they had to convince developers to individually, like, rebuild their apps and, like, nothing worked. Now, if you're starting from... Yeah, if it was ugly, yeah. But if you're starting from the web, and I think that's the, the key here is, like, they have that new edge. They rebuilt it for, like, whatever, based on Chromium. It all works. It's really fast. Um, that's a good baseline. And now, like, to be honest, there are way more apps than I expected. There's like, because Microsoft has made it really easy to recompile your like 32-bit app into ARM and Electron now has ARM support. I think this is going to be an explosion in apps. Like there's a desktop app called Tweetin, which is like a TweetDeck app. There's like uh, all sorts of like Slackworks, all of that stuff. And it's quite surprising and then to be honest the best part about the surface pro x is like with all of that in mind with the edge browser as long as you're using like mostly these arm apps battery life is abs upsettingly good uh (laughs) for especially because it's like if you have it next to the pro 7 you're like this is a laptop like this is an actual computer and then it, it will go for nine hours like and that's just weird to be able to use actual like product to os where you're not tricking it that's the thing is the iPad, I feel like I was like tricking it into being like a work computer and that's fine. But like, especially if you're trying to join a Google meet call, you have to download an app. Like it's the dumbest shit. Just use the browser. Like, <laughs> And then weird stuff doesn't work in the browser. Like yeah. I tried podcast or like at least yeah. use squat, Squatcast. Squatcast. Squat, whatever. In, on my iPad and it just yeah. wouldn't work. Well, that's what I mean. And like, it's unpredictable by using Chrome. I think Microsoft has a real, like, I, I think if they get the narrative right on this thing, it's really compelling. Um, and I, like I, the biggest surprise for me, and this is where the iPad falls down again. Uh, you know, like they added USB-C last year, right? So like in theory, you should be able to plug it into your USB-C monitor and use it. Well, no, all it does is just blow up the iPad interface onto a 27 inch script and you can't like do anything with it. It's if like you, mirroring, right? Yeah. If you plug in a Surface... So I was not expecting this to work. I have a USB-C monitor at work. I plug in my Surface Pro X instinctively. Like, just I sat down on my desk and plug it in. It works. It's Windows, full screen. I can use my mouse. All the keyboard and shit works. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's the difference, yeah. And that, I think that is exactly the expectation gap between the iPad and actual stuff. Like, Chrome OS worked, uh, to their credit, much the same. Whereas the iPad, you feel like you have to trick it into being able yeah. to like do the thing. I'm just really, I'm really surprised. And having LTE in an actual desktop computer is awesome. I cannot um, believe that we don't have that is like the base standard in all computers now. Yeah, I just expected us to be able to have data from our carrier. Yeah, I, I agree. It should be the standard. 
It, it really should be. And like the craziest thing about the uh, LTE and the Surface Pro X is like it's easy to set up, but if you pop the SIM tray area open for it, you can also replace the hard drive yourself. Right. It's a little click-in hard drive. And like if you run out of space, you could just pop another one. And it's like amazing. Imagine if an iPad, you could upgrade the storage. I think also... Well, upgrading the storage is not very much Apple-esque, is it? No, it's not. But this is the crazy thing is how easy they made it on this. It makes True. me realize that they could. Honestly, it makes me... It, it, it sounds like the argument that people always say when they have like a Samsung phone and mm-hmm, they're like, mm-hmm. you could put like a little SD card in it. And it's just like... This, what I like about this is they didn't go down that route. Like it's not non-trivial. Like you're still investing a lot to do it, but you can. And you're replacing like, a hard drive. Yeah, exactly. Because the whole thing with the little SD things, I'm just like, you, someone could fucking steal that really easily. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah, exactly. It's like you <laughs> pop it out of your phone, idea. boom. Yeah. yeah. I have I have an SD card sticking in the back of my Surface Pro 7. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't used it yet, but it's nice to have. So here's my thing with the Surface Pro X is mm-hmm. this is a first gen product pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it's not... It's just to get things, get developers on board yeah. with developing for mobile chips because I think we're going to be really, really happy that this device came out last year when at the end of this year we get the, is it the Neo that's the larger one or the Duo? The Neo is the laptop thing. Yeah, this laptop yes. tablet thing. So Guess what kind of processor that's going to have in it? Me like, too. I think that the few, the next couple of years is really why they're doing the pro x now yeah and i think so the pro x be, being as good as it is means that it doesn't get shat on by consumers who buy it because it's very good but a hundred percent it exists to help build the foundation for whatever is coming next because i asked microsoft that question i was like it's weird that you ship this thing a year before you're foldable and it's got x in the name and it's not running because there's this other windows 10 thing going on called windows 10 x which is the new ui and for arm things why doesn't it run this? Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, it's Mika. Um, and it's so like, why doesn't it run that? And they were like, well, we don't have anything to share there. And I'm like, it will probably run that, I, I'm assuming. But it's interesting to think about. You're right. It's about building the base for that and giving people the time to see that this hardware can work. And honestly, like, will desktop processors even exist in a couple of years outside of, like, literal tower computers? Because, I, I mean, the whole draw to all these companies, including Apple, to move to a mobile processor on laptops is, like you said, the battery life is and good. Yeah. yeah, it is yeah. really good battery life. And it's the LTE thing. So you can do LTE while still having good battery life. And um, that's the other thing I didn't talk about is on the iPad, like if you would want to do heavier workloads like uh, coding or something, you literally can't because like Apple has rules. Um, Surface Pro X, Microsoft's work in this whole, there's this whole thing of containerization they've been working on on Windows where everything is in an isolated container and virtualized on top of Windows. So like Windows is a container and they have this thing called Windows System on Linux they've been working on for years because people don't like coding on Windows. Like the coding setup sucks. That's why people bought Macs. Windows System on Linux was like giving you a bash, like a the coding environment from Mac, which is called bash but in a container. So it's isolated. You can blow it up and start again. It's virtualized, but it runs about the same. The X supports that. And that's a really interesting thing because I didn't expect it to work. Like I was like, oh, that will just remove that. But because it's virtual, 
they can just do it they can plop shit in there and it works so you can just code on it like it doesn't even care like it just runs and it's native and so i think it's really an important distinction because I, obviously i know much less about this but i do know that when the ipad pro came out and every iteration since i always see all these people i know that are developers say i just want to xcode on my ipad mm-hmm. and so this it's is that that like Microsoft's sort of equivalent device of like an iPad Pro, that like Service yeah. Products, I would say is the equivalent device. You can code on this. This is this is the key. And I think Microsoft is that is the pitch. They have dropped the ball a little bit in terms of um so the I mentioned Electron earlier, which is that like emul like the framework for web apps that you can run on the desktop. It only recently got ARM support. And the I think it's the number one coding tool in the world right now is VS Code, which is the Microsoft-made development tool. It doesn't fucking support ARM, which is hilarious. But I, I think it's because they have to recompile it with the Electron. It'll, I think it'll come because you can download, and this is where it gets really funky, is you can download community versions of it that people have recompiled into it to use it already. So it's obvious that like the shit's coming and they're just like baby steps. Right? Like old Microsoft would like throw this into the world and like, see if it worked and then conclude it didn't <laughs> now at least it seems like they put it into the world and they're like okay here's one thing here's another thing like they're actually just slowly iterating on it. and you see the same with chromebooks it's like they added the android thing they added like linux and i think as long as they don't give up on this and with the neo i think that is the missing piece is like the next form factor is the crazy one people will buy it if there's like three apps like <laughs> as long as you can use twitter and the internet like boom and it looks it has to look cute because like one of the things i've yep. mainly seen people say is just like i mean like the apple computers just look so much better like the ipad's so cute da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. um but now people are like "Ooh, what's that spicy computer you mm-hmm. have over there what yeah. is that and that's the that's the truth of the x as people are like what what how did you get a black ipad <laughs> i'm like what and then they're like oh it's not an ipad i'm like look at this pencil and the keyboard it's like it's it's a cool because like the pro 7 to be honest like people have seen that like it's not shocking but if you see a black ipad that's running full windows people are like you what yeah um can you keep it clean uh it is it is a fingerprint magnet oh that is that the black 7 i haven't seen the black 7 so cute zach is just holding up his black surface pro 7 i love the surface pro like it's it's great yeah, I'm using my Surface right now, so I can't show nice. it. Nice. I should have like, done it on this. Uh, one, one it's so final... beautiful, actually, one, the one that you have, Zach. Yeah, I, I, I like the matte black. That's the, So you, to your point about the cleanliness, so like this is, you can see it's like fingerprint laden, so you do have to wipe it down a bit, but it's also just lovely. <laughs> yeah, so my problem with mine is that um, just like any black Surface, like yeah. you just see so much dust in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It looks like kind of gross almost always so i'm like looking for a thing to pick up the dust with i was thinking maybe it could be like one of those slimy sticky things that you can roll over or whatever fuck (laughs) but like yeah it looks dusty really easily which i don't really love um one final thought on the pro x uh which is a good segue into the next (laughs) topic but um if you use it after using a MacBook full time for like years, uh, and you do a lot of video calls as I do, which is a segue into the coronavirus stuff, but um, the webcam is insane and the audio quality on it is outrageous. There's it's like um, far field microphones in it, so like people every call I'm on, like they're like, 
what are you using? You sound and look good. Like you can tell the difference. Um, and I think that is another point that actually in this day and age actually will help sell it is like, if it's a video call device that lasts all day and you've got LTE, you can go on your calls. Perfect. No headphones required. Like, so anyway, speaking of working remote and doing video calls. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how much of the pre-show will make it into this. So just to like reiterate, there are lots and lots and lots of people discussing COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I think we should stay in our lane and not talk about anything that's not related to tech on this. Yeah. There's plenty of it's it's complicated enough already. It's, complicated. it's constantly changing. It's different depending on what country you're in. So please like do your research and like learn but we're going to talk about like the tech impact yeah we talked about this a little bit last week where i was optimistic about people finally learning how to remote work mm-hmm. in an age of the internet which i feel is um kind of happening mm-hmm. um and really interesting as well especially in the netherlands the netherlands is historically a country where people love or your boss loves to control you a little bit. Mom and states is the Netherlands. Yes, <laughs> they want you to be in. They want to see you. They it must like, be exactly forty hours. And <laughs> you're working. Yeah. yeah, which is bullshit. But yeah. you know, um, and it's interesting because uh, I have friends that work in all kinds of different sectors, and one of them works, I think, in recruitment. And the company that she works at has like eight hundred people or something. Ooh. And they, their server capacity only had room for 400 people to work from home. I, and I also, lol, this server. <laughs> I think we talked about this uh, a little while ago, too, of how a lot of Dutch companies use Citrix products. Yeah, they yes. do. And, and like they host their own shit on some NAS in a closet somewhere. And when there was a Citrix outage that caused traffic jams and a breakdown of the public transit system here because so many people that would beautiful normally had to go into the office beautiful citrix my god that is a 90s thing i have not thought of like early 2000s even i used to maintain citrix <laughs> oh my god it's my yeah 90s. i know but it's funny so they scaled up yeah. and now they have the capacity That's well good. yeah they have to like so I have to work from home for the foreseeable future for the same reason. We don't use Citrix, but... I want to um, talk about what you just said. You said for the foreseeable future. So mm-hmm. that's the stance that I saw Shopify take that I think makes the most sense to me. Yeah. A lot of these tech companies, Facebook, Google, Square, Twitter, yeah. Shopify, on and on and on. A lot of these large tech companies are are having their employees work from home if they can. Yeah. Right? And Shopify's was for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting because I think it was Google said until April 10th. Oh, everybody has that. Uh, Google, like Facebook, and, but Apple. I don't, I don't understand. What do they know? What, what do they think is going to happen in one month? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it just, I feel like it's so arbitrary to be like, okay, one month of work yeah. from home. I think I it's just to give people an end date, but I think that people will be disappointed to learn that it will not be the end date. Like... I don't think you it's, think it's going to be earlier or later. Later, like I think it won't be. I don't think it will be any better by then. I don't necessarily think it'll be any worse. And I think that's the thing: is it like won't be any more clear than it is now? Like, right. I, I think, think it's it kind of like be, territory where we don't really know. Yeah, like sure, like maybe late April we can talk, but like it's it's too it's soon enough that it's just so up in the air that like 
putting a date on that, it seems bad. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I agree. So ours is like for the foreseeable future, and like, uh, you can't, you can still go to the office to get your things, but please don't hang around. Like, there's no services. Um, we're paying our contractors while they're not able to work, which That's is really right. cool. Um, but it's interesting because it happened pretty much overnight, and like, they gave us an allowance to work from home. But the biggest, and I think this is like this doesn't disqualify the impact of the actual virus but like the biggest impact i'm seeing from this is like it's really hard for families and people in small homes and like um schools are closed down here so like parents are stuck both parents are stuck working from home in many situations where so their kids here are there. here actually they didn't close schools for this exact reason interesting because they were like there is a lot of people that work in healthcare or in other mm-hmm. like um, sectors where they can't just stay home to take care of their yeah, kids. Right. And even though there is a lot of daycare, like putting your kid in a daycare or something is not that different from bringing them to school. Yeah. So they were like, just to um, ju- just to um, make sure everything keeps like going, mm-hmm. uh, we we can't just dump the kids on a parent's yeah. uh, house again and then be like yeah it's an interesting, Go fuck yourself. It's an interesting <laughs> challenge because kids don't understand boundaries and stuff right like so if you're working from home like my colleagues have said it's really hard because like their kids interrupt and like they want to hang out and play and like whatever but like that's they want to be entertained oh, I yeah i thread about this uh um, yeah by one of those like design twitter like thought leader guys <laughs> i can't remember who but yeah. how like it's a great opportunity to show your kids what you do for your job yeah. and to be like this is why i need to sort of focus and not yep. play with you I, right I now. think so. Like but it's, it's also, much more invisible. Usually if it's possible, include them and like mm-hmm. talk them through what you're doing until they're kind of bored and go yeah. play. By <laughs> They'll get that. Like, Oh yeah, this is not something that interests me. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's like a lot of moments for families to grow closer together rather than it be yelling at your kids. Cause like, I don't think yeah. that's the answer. I think, I think I understand the, the struggles and like i would say that the hard part about this is definitely like you know my partner has to work from home um as well and like that was a surprise and we only have one desk so i had to go and buy another day like it's but it's also also fine like it's kind of nice to be able to hang out and also like to your point about like coming closer as a family i actually think for our team it's been really interesting because i feel like it brings us closer as a team as well like I've been really surprised because it feels much more personal. Like you're in your home, people get doorbell ringing, like their dogs. Like it, it, somebody commented this yesterday. It's like, you know, you're at work, you're professional and like, it's a weird, like you're projecting a thing, but then you're at home and like, you're just in somebody's house on a video call. Like it's, but it's next to that. We're, we're not only at home, we're at home in a crisis, in a, like a global crisis together, which is like, uh, in a way, like I f- find myself over romanticizing this whole thing mm-hmm. sometimes as well. I'm just like, oh, it feels so like weird and apocalyptic and like yeah, what's going on and like no one knows movie. what we're doing. And um, like my friend, he was like hoarding shit from the supermarket. And he's like, ugh. it felt like it felt like doomsday preppers, like cosplay. Like it was fun. Yeah, and I'm and like, <laughs> that's one thing I've been, I like that. I One thing I've been thinking a lot about, and I mentioned this in the pre-show, which may or may not make it, but like it's really interesting to live through something like this at, with social media being ubiquitous. Like yeah. this has never been a thing before. And like other <laughs> outbreaks have happened, but <laughs> tweets weren't a thing or it's like people didn't have phones. And so a lot of the stuff that you're seeing with these people cosplaying, panicking hoarders yeah. is because 
every time somebody tweets a photo of a fucking empty toilet paper roll uh, aisle, is like, then you're like, in your brain, you're like, I need to go and hoard toilet yeah. paper. Like your animal brain is like, there will be no way to wipe my ass. So <laughs> in in the Netherlands, apparently they keep the toilet paper rolls in the supermarket, the aisles kind of low on stock at all times really? there is more but like they they just want you to to be a little bit more sensible and just buy the one pack interesting also I how much toilet paper does one pe- person need yeah like what like, are you gonna one get a week <laughs> like yeah i mean uh, but, i don't know i think it is that's that to that point though is like i think a lot of this stuff that's coming out of this and people reacting in certain ways and like panicking going to the store is because social media exists and like it's a coping mechanism because you see it and you like feel powerless. It's just like this weird, weird. What if time I miss out? Then. It's like a, and it's like FOMO for food almost. Yeah, and I'm like, and the it's... funny thing is, people don't actually seem to be thinking about this. No, so, and also like the point of this is to not go to a crowded place, and then you're gonna go to a crowded place to buy toilet paper. Like really? Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay, so the way that I look at it right now, which is go to a supermarket and buy your three or four favorite dishes. The ingredients for that um and uh make the dishes that you usually use to make in the weekends where you need a little time or you need like half an eye on the like stove and make it a little bit more fun because i see a lot of people just buying uh bulk stuff that they would never (laughs) eat yeah like but stuff that they would usually not eat yeah you know even that thing that we said we weren't going to do and talking about more general coronavirus stuff Oh, yeah, we are doing that right now. Can we talk about the tech stuff? No, it's okay. I just, like, we're not the experts here. Let's not. Yeah. yeah. No. But, like, I like the idea of uh, keeping it a little bit lighter and not go for, like, the hardcore brown beans in a can that no one actually wants to eat and just make a nice roast. (laughs) Sorry? That's what I eat normally is, like, a bean dish. Like, lentils and black beans is what I eat, like, no, lentils and black beans are fine, but then there is like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. What's really interesting to me is the sort of parts of capitalism that are showing themselves as mm-hmm. this happens. Feeling their hands. I want to talk about like in the US, a lot of the ISPs are like, oh, because of all these people that need to work from home, all these students that are now taking classes on yeah. Zoom, we'll get rid of the data caps. And it's like, oh, oh, excuse me, were those data caps fake this whole time? Turns out, yes, they're just constructs. (laughs) So uh, it's just so interesting, the things that, like, they can just be like, oh, well, there's no data caps. And it's like, Yeah, I've seen that from a lot of companies, too, where, like, they are trying to use the thing as an opportunity for, like, goodwill. I think I saw Zoom that was like, we're upping the limit on our basic plan to, like, 50 participants so you don't have to pay 300 dollars a seat anymore just a hundred dollars a seat and i was like okay like cool do you <laughs> like, sell so, do you sell my data yeah and what you mean by that, sell yeah. that's the fucked up part is <laughs> zoom's like data policies are super sketchy right i'm a bear i've I, if you've ever listened to this podcast you know i hate zoom so like yeah, <laughs> i'm very biased but like i think it's not the right choice if mm-hmm. But I don't know why. I don't know why it's so popular. I still don't know why. It's a meme. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Zoom's data policies are not the best. So be careful, especially students that are now switching to it. You're like now we're talking about like Copa and like 
Google Meet is free if you have a Google account. That's all I'm going to say. Well, there's hundreds. There's hundreds. Yeah, you don't have Google if you're anti-Google. There's there's a version. Skype still exists and works great. Like, oh, my God. You're right. Tons of alternatives. <laughs> I don't know why Zoom is the default now. It's like go to. It's, I keep saying it's go to meeting with a skin on it. Like I don't really, I don't get it. It's. <laughs> you told me that it's the same company and they rebranded and they used to be go to meeting. I would believe you. Oh, I would too. I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, it is interesting. It's, so the biggest thing I'm learning is, um, the generational gap in expectations about remote work is really interesting. Like. Older people are freaking out at work about it. Like they're a little bit like, I don't know how to do it. Blah blah blah. Like I need help, tips. Blah blah blah. I'm like, just call people. Like you yeah, just have to exactly. try and talk some more. Like if you feel unsure, call someone. And like, yeah. <laughs> you, and, which is good for everyone, really. Yeah, and, and like, it, slightly different etiquette in, in calls. Like the one, the one thing that I really like about it as a freelancer is that um, because I usually work remote. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all my clients um and i've worked with i work with companies that are all remote and i work with companies that are all in right. the same room and now everyone's all remote and it makes me more part of the team yes, mm-hmm. yes. because i'm now just like any other person on their team and they're thinking more from my perspective as well yeah. well before they would be just like what's with the blah, 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 in their office and <laughs> then it would i would just miss it you know yep totally <laughs> And so I think I think that is interesting. Like it might actually let, make people learn proper etiquette. <laughs> I think yes, like, this will have long term impact on distributed workforces. Like I I can I cannot really see any of these companies, maybe post coronavirus, whenever that is, going back to a hard no work from home policy. Like exactly, I don't yeah. know how you could ever do that again. Well, I will I will say I have one fear from this is that companies will say they tried it because of this and that they didn't do it it didn't work for them and i think those ones will be the ones that didn't actually try to make it work like they just did it yeah right yeah and i mean there's also probably cases where it just doesn't work which is also fine and not every i mean we can't all be fucking github yeah (laughs) but i think that the this is step one like remote work is good but as i think the three of us know intimately having worked with clients in different time zones it's asynchronous work that needs to be yeah. really adopted widely not just remote work remote work exactly. with with async is the key yeah like yeah. you start seeing the cracks and yeah. like sync up events where like for example we have an internal event called town hall when you're all remote suddenly like questions come up like why is it only in the est time zone at 5 p.m like people are like that's true. <laughs> Something Twitter did years and years ago for, with their all hands meetings is they were like, okay, if we do Friday afternoon, like a normal company all hands mm. meeting, end of the week, well, it's morning and for the Japan team, they can wake up depending on when we do right. it, but it's Saturday morning. So they're like, okay, <laughs> let's move it to Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we have offices throughout Europe, the Middle East, Africa. Okay, well, they are not going to, that doesn't work for them. So they started alternating morning and afternoon, all hands meetings every other time mm-hmm. on Thursday. So that no matter what, like some people from different time zones could join in. Right. So like, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to happen. It's, it can happen for every, it can happen, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. There's lots yeah. of, will. 
I think that's it. But you have to try. That's and the company has to be willing. And I think it's funny, like companies that are forced to do this will probably adjust. I think that's like. Yeah, that's we'll what I hope at least. Really annoyed about this actually because some companies who used to have hard no remote stances have come have like their social media person is doing these like tips for working remotely and oh, it's I know to to be like now is not the time. You used to make it really hard for me to work remotely for you, and now you're doing this like thought leadershipy. Yeah, no, that's bad. It, but that's pet peeve, I guess. It's yeah. just a lot of critical, but yeah, I think this is like some. It's like a. It's like a good. It's a good consequence of a bad thing happening, right? Like it would be better if we didn't have a global pandemic, but yeah, know, in, in a global pandemic, at least like some companies are moving to this more distributed workforce, which works a lot better for maybe parents or people with medical conditions or uh, people that are, you know, I don't know, they have mobility issues, Mm -hmm. whatever. Or people that want to live further away. Yeah. Just easy. You know, it's... There's lots of people that benefit from this. So Mm -hmm. hopefully hopefully this stays. And it's happening not just in tech, but in other workforces and in so there's tons of universities yes yeah even finance here is like seeing uh doing remote like it's interesting and i love that so much wouldn't it be great if university could be more online and less in real life in general because like it would be so much more easy for people and so much more accessible for people too yeah maybe not for everyone maybe there's still a benefit to have a classroom do a middle ground it doesn't have to be binary like that you're right like yeah why not both yeah, yeah, why not both? When it's what's crazy is when I w- went to university, my university was pushing you could go to any of your classes inside Second Life, which is hilarious. Because oh. but they were like pushing that because they were like, yeah, we want to be re- like friendly to people who have to commute and stuff. And so I would go to classes in Second Life. It was so funny. I was like, I don't know if it was the right medium, but it was quite funny. I love uh, that. in general, like, and that's interesting because, like, w- there's a lot of discussion. Like, it's much more possible now if something like, I, I, like, I joked on Twitter the other day, like, conference calls, but in Fortnite, like, totally Yo, would for work. Real, no, this this came Minecraft. up the other day where <laughs> sometimes, sometimes with my friends, we hang out in uh, VR chat, right? And I mean, we don't have VR gear right. at all, but you can just like be in the in the chat rooms, right? Yeah, and yeah. we would just like hang out and like ha- like have fun there. Yeah. And it makes so much sense to like go to the like virtual bar. I guess it sounds trash, but like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's interesting. Like I was actually considering ordering a Quest, Oculus Quest, just for the week uh, yeah. and trying it because two of my yeah. colleagues have them, and like for pair programming, I think it'd be really fun. <gasps> Um, I love how nerdy this is. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I don't <laughs> need it long term, but like we have that budget, and I already have a screen, so maybe I should just buy that. Oh God, I love that you're going to expense an Oculus Quest <laughs> if to I work in VR to pair. <laughs> I love this. The it would just here. be so fun, and like uh, some of the new stuff they have is really cool. Like they have a thing called um, I can't remember the name, but you can you can hang out in the ocean <laughs> and like uh, talk. <laughs> Which is really cool. I love it. Um, I also saw a, a VR game, which I thought was really fun, which is uh, Jenga. But every what? time you get a get a, um, a, a block out, your fingers get longer. No, so, no, it's so oh, it's so weird. <laughs> I will put that in the show notes because I retweeted Please. this. I think this is the best. Um, so good. Well, I'll tell you what we're starting with on my team because it's the most accessible thing. We're starting a uh, massively multiplayer Stardew Valley farm. <laughs> 
Yeah. We, have a, we created a Discord for the team. We're yes. starting a Stardew Valley and there's going to be voice chat while we farm. Yes. I love that. I, I, I stand this. I'll one. report it's back. So I'll report back on uh, how this goes. But even the director of UX joins. Please invite me. I love it. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, you can just act like you're on the team. Like nobody will know. <laughs> Something else that Freddie and I are going to do today after recording this is we're just going to co-work on video cool. chat. We're just going to like stay yeah, in the this too. And so, um, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe we could figure it out next week, Owen, if you feel mm-hmm. like it. Maybe we could do it in Discord with our yeah. Discord. We could have a remote people, working session for everyone. Yeah, we could just have people join our... Oh, I really like that. That's so and cute. we could just hang out together. We're all stuck at home together. <laughs> I have a paid whereby account. I could just create a room for nice. charge. I nice. don't know if Discord does video. I think it does. I think they actually raised the limit because of all of this, the capitalism thing again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's do that next week. We can pick a day and schedule it in. That way people know when they can drop in. Um, That's really cute. Let's do that. Love it. All right. So join love our Discord uh, in the show notes so that you yeah. will know that we're doing it and can join. Sounds good. All right. I didn't mean to end the episode. I just no. It's it's good. It's time for me to bounce. Like, yes. so. Awesome. Yeah, Owen has to go to work slash, slash leave his exit house. This video call and join a different one. <laughs> do people do people compliment you on your like um, microphone and shit? Because you oh yeah, they're microphone. like, why do you have such an extreme setup? Why is your webcam a four K thing? I'm like, I used to work from home. I can justify this. Also, I podcast. Is this yeah. how you get more podcast listeners? Yeah, crispy. Find out that you're a podcaster. Probably, yeah. Just tell everyone at work. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. We're all going to need content to listen to soon. So, all right. On that note, it's time for me to log off. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you're listening out there. Uh, Podcast.com. Yeah, email us. We need emails. Apparently, we have time now. So, (laughs) email us, subscribe, join our Discord because we're going to try to make that more interactive and fun. Yeah. Uh, if you're sick, I'm really sorry. Or if you have loved ones that are immunocompromised, I, I just positive thoughts mm-hmm. for everybody in our Getting the vibes. Yeah. It was, right. I know the world's not easy right now, so positive vibes. Yeah. Okay. Positive vibes. On that note, we'll see you next week. Bye, Biscuits. Bye. Bye.